Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Wednesday, July 3rd, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. I uh, don't know if you listened to yesterday's episode, but I am sounding much better than I did yesterday with the uh, sinus stuff. Starting to clear up here. So that should uh, hopefully be a little bit better than yesterday's episode. Uh, On today's show, I want to talk about the idea of Xavier Tillman potentially being a lottery pick in the 2020 NBA draft. Uh, So I I wrote about this for for Spartans Wire last week, uh, and I want to kind of go through some of that and just get some thoughts out there as regards to Tillman and uh, his draft status, his potential draft status. Uh, and then I want to talk about some Summer League stuff. We got Summer League here. Uh, let's see, it's the third today. The first games are Friday the 5th. I'll probably do, um, just as a heads up, there won't be a new show tomorrow on July 4th, but I'll do something for the 5th. That'll be Summer League uh, orientated as well. Um, today, maybe we'll just talk about McQuaid and uh, get into Costello a little bit. Uh, maybe, I don't know, Miles Bridges, something like that. Like, there's a lot to talk about as it relates to Summer League with MSU guys. And so, uh, I definitely want to cover all that. So, I'm going to do some of that today. And then, whatever we don't get to today, uh, we'll definitely do uh, on Friday's show. And then, if anything happens over the next couple of days uh, that needs to be addressed, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it on Friday's show as well. But I, I kind of doubt that anything will happen just because this is the slow, 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 slow season. Um, so that is the plan for today's show. Rate, review, subscribe to the show if you haven't done it. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these shows every single day. Uh, well, during the fall and during the seasons, every single day, five days a week. Uh, during the summer, three days a week uh, on your phone. But subscribing still is the easiest way to get these episodes. And today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about the idea of Xavier Tillman as a lottery pick. Okay, so when I wrote this story for Spartans Wire, spartanswire spartanswire.usatoday.com, if you want to read it, you can just go there and search Xavier Tillman. Um, when I wrote it, when I was writing it up, I, th- I thought it was going to be more of, I don't know, a spicier take than, uh, than it seems to be. I thought it was going to be something that people were scoffing at and not that I'm trying to write things to get scoffed at intentionally, but I thought it was just, uh, you know, having foresight that maybe people hadn't seen yet that. You know, you could look at some of the performances in Xavier Tillman's limited time last year and say, hey, I see a guy who could potentially be a lottery pick. Whereas, you know, it's just not something that crosses uh, someone else's mind. So I thought I would be, you know, like smartly pointing something out here and just being like, hey, here's something to keep an eye on. Um, But everyone who responded to it was like, yep. I agree. I, yep, I thought the same thing. So um, maybe I'm not as uh, smart and crafty as I think I am sometimes. But it's good to know uh, that you know Michigan State, especially basketball, has a pretty good fan base in terms of uh, just understanding how this works and knowing 
you know, what a, a guy needs to do and look like to be an NBA type player. And we've all been watching a lot of, you know, good basketball players, good college players, NBA fringe guys, NBA surefire guys, high lottery picks. Like we've had it all at Michigan State. So you kind of, uh, over time, get to see the whole spectrum and know what it looks like. But uh, at, yeah, Xavier Tillman, uh, I think for sure, not for sure, but for sure has the chance to be uh, a lottery pick. He was actually uh, mocked in the first round of a CBS Sports mock draft that came out uh, just a couple days after the NBA draft. Uh, they had him going 29th to Toronto, so the second to last pick in the first round, but still a first round pick nonetheless. And that is basically, that's based on about 10 games, 12 games for Tillman. Uh, for being honest, he didn't do much. I mean, he was still an effective player, a good player, a good rotation guy uh, before the Nick Ward injury. But until that happened, you know, Tillman was nowhere near uh, lottery status, first round status. He was, you know, I remember halfway through the season thinking, you know, Tillman looks a lot better. Tillman looks pretty shredded. Looks like he lost some, or definitely it doesn't look like he lost some weight. He definitely lost some weight. He looks great athletically. Uh, he looks faster, he looks stronger, he looks more confident out there, more comfortable out there than he did his freshman season. Looks like his skill development has come a little bit of a ways. It looks like, hey, this kid, you know, by next year, end of this season, he's going to be a solid player and a good team. He's going to be a, a good contributor to a, a Big Ten team, you know, just a good overall solid basketball player. And that was kind of what I think, I bet you if you surveyed the, the fan base and got a consensus, it would have been, hey, Tillman's really improved. Uh, we like his future. Maybe he can be something down the line. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it looks like he's going to end up being a, a good basketball player for this team. Uh, fast forward, you know, to February, Nick Ward breaks his hand. Xavier Tillman inserted, inserted into the starting lineup. And I mean, you may not remember this. Uh, at least this is how I kind of perceived that going on. I mean, there was definitely some concern. Uh, we liked Xavier Tillman. We thought he was a good player, but by no means was I, or I don't remember anyone else going, hey, this team could get better now that Nick Ward's, you know, not that Nick Ward was the, the issue, but now that Xavier Tillman's inserted into the starting lineup, now that Xavier Tillman's going to play 30 minutes a game, uh, this team's this team's gonna get better. They're gonna be a even better team. I just I don't remember seeing a lot of that. I think the prevailing thought was, hey, you know, it's good to have a guy like Tillman who can come in and be solid. Um, you know, who's gonna replace the scoring? It wasn't Xavier Tillman was gonna replace the scoring. It was Tillman can chip in a few extra points, but Cassius is gonna have to chip in a couple extra. Aaron Henry. Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins, they're all going to have to chip in a couple extra points. It'll be by committee to replace the production of Nick Ward. And, you know, what ended up happening is Xavier Tillman pretty much uh, replaced the production of Nick Ward, especially in some huge spots, uh, in a totally different way. But, you know, the team blossomed. It was a perfect fit. Xavier Tillman was a perfect fit uh, for what Michigan State had talent-wise. And, you know, pick and rolls, the screen game, the the, the way the offense changed uh, that last month of the season and just seeing him really thrive in it, everyone really kind of thrive in it. Um, it was really cool. And, you know, I think he exceeded our expectations. And then there would just be these moments 
especially Duke. Duke was filled with it. The the Duke game, Zion was clearly the the spectacle, clearly the number one. If you're there as an NBA scout, the number one thing you would have noticed would have been Zion Williamson. That's you know kind of goes without saying. But number two in that game, the number two professional NBA prospect in that game, according to just that specific performance, was Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman was the second best player on that court, and that included Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, who went third and tenth, I think. Yeah, third and eighth, third and tenth. Uh, and the the most recent NBA draft that includes, um, you know, a bunch of guys who went undrafted but are going to be playing in summer league. That includes uh, Cassius Winston, the Big Ten Player of the Year, and someone who's probably going to be a second-round draft pick next year. Xavier Tillman was the second-best pro prospect on that court. And there were a number of games down the stretch last season where he looked every bit uh, a first-round draft pick, um, or every bit the part of a first-round draft pick. Uh, so I, I, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of crazy. There's still things that he needs to do to uh, get to that point. Like I said, he was mocked 29th right now. Um, he had decent numbers down the stretch, uh, an increased role. He's going to be productive. I think the two things he needs to be, if he's going to be a lottery pick, is productive and an efficient shooter. I think just right now with his strength, his athleticism, his combination of like his size is, is nice because he can play small ball center and he can play power forward. He can switch on defense uh, and hang with guys that are way smaller than him. He can hang with big dudes. Uh, he gave Zion Williamson the most trouble of anyone on Michigan State because of his combination of strength, speed, power, athleticism. Uh, he's just a really good physical defender in the post and can move out on the perimeter really well, stick with guys, fight through screens, uh, gets his hands on the ball all over the place. He's really instinctive. He's a really good shot blocker. He can rebound on both sides of the floor. Uh, he sets really good screens. Uh, he's an offensive rebounding machine. He can work in transition. He's really comfortable in that like muck area, picking up loose balls, making plays with them, uh, getting back up and scoring. Uh, and you know he's not a, a back to the basket post kind of guy. He's going to be able to come off pick and rolls, r- dive to the rim, throw down oops, throw down dunks. Um, you know, he, there was a period last year where he was adjusting to his athleticism and missed a couple dunks because he jumped too high. Um, which I believe because, uh, you know, it just like, he's just become an explosive athlete, uh, you know, over the, the last year of work. And I think he could get even better there. He's really, uh, kind of a, a prototype modern NBA forward. Uh, and if he can add shooting, then he'll be like, he'll check off all the boxes. And I think, you know, we've seen him shoot really well at times. He shot 81% from free throw line during conference play. That suggests he should be a high 30s uh, three-point shooter on volume. And I think this year he's going to get the green light more often uh, to do it. Pick and pop situations, trailing uh, and transition. Uh, they're going to run plays for him. He's going to be able to shoot threes and prove that he can make it. Uh, and I would think, you know, if the, the three-point line didn't move back, uh, and, and it was the same this year. Got to remember that it's moving to international distance. If it was going to stay the same this season, I would think Tillman could shoot 38 to 40 percent on threes, which is a 10 percent bump from him uh, on way more volume. He shot less than one. I, I think he shot like 20 freaking threes last year and shot 29 uh, percent 
on them. And so a 10% bump is a pretty hefty bump on increased volume. But I think down the stretch, uh, his last seven sh- threes, he made four of them. Uh, and his free throw shooting was really good after the first six, seven, eight games. Really dialed it in. Um, so if it wasn't moving back, uh, I would think he could shoot 38 to 40%. I would knock it down to like 36 to 38 now that it's a little bit farther but if he shoots 36 37 percent from the international three and shoots 80 percent plus uh for the season from the free throw line which I think he absolutely will do I think he'll be uh somewhere in 78 to 82 and and I would think if he's going to break out of that range it would be on the high side he would shoot 83 84 uh just because it's a really nice looking shot that he has uh and he's just improved 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 every step of the way so if he does that uh, and continues the production, continues the the, the great defense, uh, and what you're basically looking at is a six eight rangy forward who can switch on anyone, defend one through five at the next level. Really instinctive, good shot blocker, good on the board on both sides of the ball. Really good energy, really good screen setter. Uh, can do some things in traffic in terms of transition game and uh, finishing around the rim with touch, with power. Uh, and then can shoot the three and has the potential to become a really solid three-point shooter. Like, that's a lottery pick. If he averages, you know, it doesn't have to average 18 and 10, but, like, he could end up averaging 18 and 10 uh, and be one of the best defenders in the conference and just be an incredible player. You know, he's number two on Andy Katz's list for the Carl Malone Power Forward Award. Like, people really like this guy. He's really talented. Uh, we've seen huge flashes, huge stretches of outstanding, incredible lottery pick type play. And, I, you know, I don't think he'll be someone who ends up in the top 10 or, or you know, top eight pick or anything like that. You know, generally those spots, especially the top five, six, seven, it's reserved for the really high upsides, the really, you know, unique type skill sets. And, uh, you know, Tillman is a junior that also hurts him a little bit. Maybe he can rise into that, but it's tougher to rise into that spot when you're older. But I think the late lottery is certainly a possibility for him uh, with a really great season and continued development somewhere in the 12 to 16 range would seem fair, you know, 14 to 18, 14 to 20. If you want to stretch it out somewhere in there, uh, I could definitely see Xavier Tillman jumping up to, and that's really exciting because, you know, I don't know, halfway through the season, it was a fun thing to say Michigan State's really good and they don't have any NBA players. They don't have anyone who's going to get drafted on the team. Uh, and I think that is all but done now. I think Cassius Winston will get drafted in the second round. I think Langford will get drafted. I think and Henry will get drafted eventually. Uh, but I think Xavier Tillman's the, the biggest locked out of all of them to get drafted. And, and it could be as soon as uh, the end of next season. All right, we're going to take a break right there. When we get back, we'll talk about Summer League. Spartans in the Summer League. We'll start with Matt McQuaid in uh, the Detroit Pistons. Reminder, you can get locked on Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcasts locked on Spartans. Guys, it is 2019, and these days, shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat. And with Twillery, they don't. Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking the beer in your fridge. It's easy, affordable, and you get the perfect fit, guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance stress shirts for as low as $55 each. When you bundle four or more, these are really high-quality shirts, guys. 
nice shirts for your work, for going golfing, for going to a barbecue, whatever you need. They have really nice shirts that fit the bill for you. And even better, they have free shipping and returns. So you can try on some Twills risk-free. Yes, you heard me right. You can try Twillery dress shirts completely risk-free. And right now, you can get $25 off your first Twillery purchase by going to twillery.com slash lockdown and entering the promo code lockdown. That's twillery.com slash lockdown. Promo code lockdown for $25 off your first order. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's talk about some summer league, huh? So, uh, Matt McQuaid is with the Pistons on a summer league tryout basis, and we found out just uh, yesterday, maybe two days ago, it doesn't matter, uh, Matt Costello is also with the Pistons on a summer league tryout. And something you got to remember with summer league, with the G League, is that you know, these are really showcases uh, for guys, not just for the team they're playing for, but for every team. Uh, Vegas is become the absolute spot for, uh, you know, for summer league action. All 30 teams are there. All the exact scouts, all these, you know, everyone's there looking for players, looking for people, looking for developmental projects. There's uh, overseas teams, all sorts of things. It's like, it's really... It's almost like more of a scouting combine. I know it's post draft, and there is a scouting combine uh, for for the NBA as well. But this is like the spot for fringe type guys to really go and you know show that they can be something, show that they have NBA potential. And so that's why you see a guy like Matt Costello there, who's been a professional for a handful of years, has um, you know been with the Iowa Energy, the and the Austin Spurs in the G League, has played. Uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. I think he got a couple. Yeah, he played four games for the Spurs in 2017-2018. So it, it was on a two-way deal there, uh, back and forth, mainly with the Austin Spurs. Uh, and then he moved to, uh, I don't know, Sirigas uh, Avelino? I don't know. It's a, it's a overseas team <laughs> uh, in Italy. In my Italian, I don't speak Italian, so... He was playing professionally uh, in Italy. And so Matt Costello is, you know, coming back for Summer League, trying to get a two-way deal with someone, trying to uh, show that he is worth the investment, trying to show that, uh, you know, after a year overseas, he's ready to come back and be part of an NBA franchise. So that's certainly uh, something to look out for uh, during Pistons Summer League games. And again, just a reminder, I will be... Uh, on the Spartans Wire, at the Spartans Wire Twitter account, live tweeting uh, some summer league games for Michigan State guys. Definitely going to do uh, a couple Pistons games. Uh, you can also go to SpartansWire.usatoday.com, and I'll be sort of live blogging it there. If you don't want to sit on Twitter, you want to just have the uh, the blog up. Um, I'll be doing it there as well, and I can actually add some more thoughts uh, in there. I'll, I'll string together all the tweets that I have going on for that, but I'll be able to add additional thoughts in there as well. And then even if you're not following along during the games, it'll be a great place to sort of catch uh, recaps. You know, you can just read through it and get the feel of how the game went for the uh, MSU guys. So definitely uh, interested to see how things go for, for Costello. Cool that he's uh, coming back for summer league, getting another shot here. Um, 
and you know, cool that it's with the Pistons, and he'll be with Matt McQuaid. So that uh, really works out. <clears throat> I think the more interesting guy, and really, you know, who knows what Castell has done really well in summer league and has shown himself capable. Uh, maybe he just wanted to go overseas and make a little bit of extra money one year, and, and wants to come back to the G League. We'll see. But uh, really interested to see how this goes for Matt McQuaid. You know, professional debut, um, all the stuff that goes along with that. Certainly interesting and excited just to see how he fits out there. Uh, so a couple things to keep in mind here with Matt McQuaid. Uh, the Pistons are bringing an absolutely loaded, 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 loaded team to Summer League. They have uh, Bruce Brown, who played, I think, like 70-something games for them last year. They've got their first-round pick. Not a lot of teams uh, get their – well, I shouldn't say not a lot, but, you know, some of the higher – pick teams the guys that take get taken higher some of them don't suit up for summer league um so they got Seku Dumbuya uh playing in there as well they've got Kyrie Thomas uh who you know has NBA experience as well they're going to have Svi uh, Mikhailuk uh Davidas I there's some names I can't say um <laughs> Davidas Servidis uh, Jordan Bone, their second round pick, will eventually get there. Louis King, Louis King, who is uh, you know former five star recruit, who had an up and down season with Oregon, who was one of the most well regarded undrafted free agents, free agents. So uh, they've got a, a pretty good roster, a lot of NBA experience, um, a lot of formerly high draft picks, a lot of developmental stash guys who have been around the block a little bit and are solid players looking to take that jump from end of the bench guy who sees three to five minutes uh, every other night to someone who can play 17 to you know 19 minutes. So there's a lot of guys there that are looking to make that next jump. Uh, and it really, like I said, Bruce Brown is someone who's already playing 20 minutes a game uh, in the NBA. And so uh, for McQuaid, I think it's going to be tough, kind of initially, to to see him for him to to get on the floor uh, from the jump. You know, Bruce Brown and Kyrie Thomas are two guys at shooting guard who are going to see minutes uh, ahead of him, and that uh, was uh, a really tough scenario because uh, Bruce Brown is someone that needs to take steps on the offensive end. The Pistons are really invested in him. I think he's a great defender and he's probably going to be on this team for a while, but he's going to have to show more offensively and summer league's a great spot for teams to sort of work out things like that. Hey, what does he look like more with the ball in his hands? Can we do these types of things with him? Does he have the ability to add this shot, et cetera, et cetera. And so it looked like, you know, Bruce Brown and Kyrie Thomas, two guys really in similar molds, although Bruce Brown's a little bit more established. Thomas played 20 NBA games. Bruce Brown played 72, I think, but really similar type players. It looked like Matt McQuaid was going to have a really hard time finding any time at all on the floor, but uh, it turns out Bruce Brown is going to be playing some point guard here at Summer League. So that uh, adds a little bit of intrigue to the mix here. Uh, does that mean Matt McQuaid is the second guy uh, at shooting guard with Kyrie Thomas starting? Or does uh, Makai Luke uh, or Jordan Bone end up playing a shooting guard at all? I, I doubt Jordan Bone will because he's a pretty natural point guard. I, I you know We'll see about Makai Luke. Uh, but, you know, where does McQuaid fit in the rotation for the Pistons? Uh, and that's something to look out for. I mean, it's it's nice to be around, 
good players, you know, uh, being on a good, uh, what should be a good summer league team, you get to learn and get some experience with some good players and have some fun winning. Uh, you would think early in your professional career, get those good feelings going, but uh, does it come with a sacrifice of not as many minutes? Is McQuaid going to get enough of a chance to prove himself with the Pistons or for another team? Because, you know, we got to keep in mind here with McQuaid, uh, Louis King is on a two-way deal. Jordan Bone is on a two-way deal. Bruce Brown, Kyrie Thomas, uh, Mikai Luke, and Dumbuya are all uh, on the Pistons already. That's six guys on the Summer League team that are either on the Pistons or on two-way deals. Uh, there's not a ton of room <laughs> for more guys, more young guys, uh, to get any sort of incentive type thing or extra thing. Uh, the best Matt could probably hope for, unless you know something bad happens and like Jordan Bone, heaven forbid, uh, has a compound fracture of his leg or something in summer league, like something extreme, and it's just like, yep, we can't have this guy on a two-way deal. Uh, then McQuaid could step in and, and get a two-way deal. Like that's the only thing I could see happening is an injury forcing someone off a two-way deal because even a bad summer league for Jordan Bone or Louis King, I don't think that would be enough to kick them off a two-way deal because they're both young developmental type guys. So I don't think there's a two-way contract for Matt McQuaid to be had between the Pistons and the G League. And remember, the two-way deal allow the players to be on either the G League team or the NBA team, slide back and forth seamlessly at prorated pay. You know, it's $80,000 for the season in the G League and then uh, league minimum, which is half a million dollars. Uh, around a half a million dollars for uh, every NBA game. So it's, you know, it, it's like Kyrie Thomas ended up splitting time between uh, the Pistons and the G League team. Uh, Kalen Lucas was on a two-way deal with the Pistons uh, last year, so he played some G League games, and then he got up for some Pistons games. So that's like the top kind of scenario for someone who's not drafted or drafted really low uh, is that two-way deal that g- doesn't guarantee you anything, but it's a, it's a sign of an investment from an NBA team. So McQuaid's not going to get a two-way deal with the Pistons. Maybe there's a two-way deal out there from another team that he could fight and show he's worth getting. Uh, I would doubt that just based on his pedigree, where he's at right now with everything. You know, he's kind of at the back of the pack and he's going to have to prove himself and make his way up. Uh, and that's not really something that happens very quickly. Often it's kind of a slow and steady thing. And I think he's going to end up, you know, in the G League having to prove himself in a year. And maybe he gets a two-way deal at some point during the season or some point uh, next season uh, gets poached by another NBA team, something like that. But I think the best McQuaid can hope for with the Pistons is he does really well uh, and ends up as one of their affiliate players on the G League team, meaning he makes more money than your standard G League contract. He is, you know, well thought of by the Pistons, but can be poached away. Uh, by other NBA teams, uh, and I just realized how much time I had taken to do this. So let's take a quick break right here, and when we get back, I'll finish up with uh, some Summer League McQuaid uh, stuff here. Reminder, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, subscribing is the easiest way to get these show every single day. You can subscribe to Locked on Spartans in the new Himalaya podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Lockdown Spartans. Let's continue right there uh, with the McQuaid stuff. Uh, yeah, overall, just to kind of sum this thing up, um, I think, you know, McQuaid gets five games 
uh, at at least five games to sort of prove himself here. Uh, the Pistons Chile or Summer League openers July fifth at three p.m. taking on Croatia, Croatian men's team, uh, which is interesting. There's two the Chinese and Croatian men's teams are participating uh, in Summer League, which is pretty interesting. Um, so, you know, McQuaid's going to get five games here, and I think there's going to be more opportunities for minutes. We'll see how the Pistons roster sort of shakes out in terms of shooting guards. But I think, you know, he's going to be getting at best secondary minutes uh, here. He's not someone that's going to be heavily featured, not uh, in terms of the other guys on the roster. He's not a priority. Uh, Bruce Brown's going to be the priority number one, I would think. Uh, Kyrie Thomas is going to be a big priority. Uh, Makai Luke's going to be a big priority. Uh, Dumbuya, you know, first round pick is going to be a priority. Getting Jordan Bone in there and seeing what he can do. Louis King, Louis King, Benny Boatwright, who's someone that they uh, are pretty high on and think could be uh, an affiliate player for the G League. Uh, there's a lot of guys above Matt McQuaid right now in the pecking order. Uh, so it's it's going to be a tough uphill fight for him, but he's in there. He's in the fight. That's uh, all you can really ask for at this point. And I think, you know, last year at this time, Matt McQuaid wasn't even in the fight. And so he's really done well the last year. And if he can, in his minutes, be a lockdown defender, uh, do a really good job. Because these are guys, you know, summer league guys are people that Matt should be able to hang with. Matt should be able to go out there and defend really well on the wing and do a good job at that. And if he does that and he's able to work himself into open looks, hit some shots, uh, maybe do a little bit of playmaking with the ball in his hand. Uh, I think someone will see enough in him to make some sort of investment in him, whether that's an affiliate uh, thing with the Pistons or whether that's another team uh, scooping him up. You know, after he, you know, he's not going to make the opening roster for the Pistons. So when he gets waived, at whatever point he gets waived, uh, if another team decides to swoop in there and grab him for an affiliate spot on their team or a two-way deal or something along those lines. Uh, you know, I think he can make some waves here. But like I said, he's starting from the back of the pack. He's one of these guys that, you know, yes, he is a rookie, so maybe he has an advantage on some of these guys like uh, Matt Costello, who is sort of a, a young journeyman, we'll call him, who's been bouncing around G League teams uh, overseas a quick four games in the NBA, you know, maybe there's something there, but he's probably always going to be kind of a fringe guy. Uh, and, you know, he kind of is what he is at that point. He's, he's 25, you, you know, NBA teams like to think they know by that time what a player is going to be, you know, by their third professional year, they kind of are the player that they're going to be. That's something that you'll hear a lot uh, with the NBA and with NBA talent developers and executives. So maybe my, someone like a Matt Costello is going to get less of a look than McQuaid. Uh, but, you, you know, he has that advantage going for him. He is a rookie. There's some unknown to him. And you don't know what he's going to look like in a professional environment until you see it. So he's certainly going to get a look. Maybe there's a game or two in Summer League where they do some quirky things the Pistons do and try to get some different looks, see what McQuaid looks like at point guard, see what McQuaid looks like with 25 minutes instead of seven minutes. Uh, and you just hope that any uh, chance he gets in that spell, uh, he takes uh, the, the most advantage of that he possibly can and, and does enough to prove himself. I think there's 
a chance that he could, but I think the the upside is limited for this uh, summer league stint for him just because of the scenario that he's in, the guys ahead of him, the contract situations with the teams, uh, but you never know. Maybe he plays really well and another team grabs him and puts him on a two-way deal uh, and he's good to go and ready and, and starting his professional career probably on the best foot possible uh, given his pedigree, you know, not being drafted, not being a priority free agent, uh, sort of being part of that next group uh, and grinding his way to NBA relevancy. That would be a wonderful start for a guy like McQuaid. So we're definitely rooting for him uh, and hope Summer League goes well. Again, I'll be live blogging the Summer League games uh, at the Spartans Wire on Twitter, SpartansWire.usatoday.com if you want to check those out. Uh, and on Friday's show, we're going to talk about Miles Bridges playing in the Summer League in year two, um, why that's significant and what you might expect to see from him. And we'll also talk about Nick Ward and Kenny Goins playing in the Summer League. You know, who are they uh, on rosters with? What type of look might they be getting? What do they need to do to earn spot on G League teams or two-way deals or uh, anything along those lines. So we'll do all of that Friday. That's going to be it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Spartans. I hope you have a wonderful, safe, happy 4th of July. Uh, you know, If you need to, go online and search those fireworks safety videos and just watch uh, the funny videos that I don't know who puts them together. But when I used to work in TV, every 4th of July, we'd get these ridiculous videos a consumer protection agency or something where it's someone shooting a bottle rocket into like a mannequin's face or a mannequin blowing its head up because it looked into uh, a mortar shell that was about to fire. Uh, those are always good, but stay safe uh, for sure. This 4th of July weekend uh, or 4th of July day here. And we'll be back Friday with another episode of Locked on Spartans. Thanks to hotels.com. Thanks to Twillery for sponsoring today's episode. We'll be back to, or we'll be back Friday until then. Go green.